I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Rob Norman. I'm Andrew Norton. And this is Personal Best. Colleen is an office administrator, mother of two, and lover of Downton Abbey. Oh, I love Downton Abbey. Yes. So when my daughter's old enough, we're going to watch costume dramas and drink red wine. This is why I had kids. (laughs) But as sweet as she sounds, she's done something terrible. Broken a promise. Yeah, yeah. And it hurts me. Like, I feel really bad about it. So Colleen has a brother-in-law. He dabbles in cooking, music, and more recently, painting. And even though Colleen doesn't know a ton about art, she's a big fan of his work. I feel like they're just really powerful. They're very emotive. They're four feet tall, lots of texture, drips and splatters. So it's like abstract expressionism? Or it's just abstract, I don't know. She thinks about his paintings a lot, especially when she sees other art, even at like a coffee shop. And I'd always be taking pictures of them and sending them to him and saying like, look, People are charging this mount for these kinds of paintings. So that's why he said to me, why don't you go and sell these for me? And I said, sure. I was like, I can do this. Turns out I can't. (laughs) And that's why she's come to us. Colleen is terrible at persuasion. I can't sell anything to anybody. And I always take no for an answer. So does he think you're a really good salesperson? He has no idea. I didn't say anything either. I don't think he's ever thought about it. And he's kind enough to have not pressed me on it. He made business cards. And he has a website that his wife made for him, which looks very good. And I'm not certain, but I think they did that in anticipation of me selling his paintings. And I've done pretty close to nothing. How do you know you're bad at selling things? Well, because I've tried. I mean, I worked in retail when I was a student back in the early aughts, and I could not sell anything. It was at a hosiery shop, and if a customer came in for a simple pair of nylons, it was her job to upsell. I would try sort of half-heartedly to be like, well, maybe you should get two. What if the first one rips? You know, that sort of thing. And then they would... They would just be like, no, I just need the one. And I'd be like, okay, sounds good. And we'd go to the the cash. She's just a pushover when it comes to this stuff. She always thinks she's being a bother. Because even though everyone has a right to say no to things they don't want to do, I still feel like me asking somebody to do something and them saying no is another way of insulting them. Like, I don't work in sales. I'm an admin assistant, right? So, like, I'm not going to be selling things day to day. And I've actually kind of set up my life, so I'm not, right? But I think everybody comes up with situations or encounters situations in their life where they have to speak up for themselves. And it might not be sales directly, but it's the same sort of wheelhouse, right? It's the same skill set. Nobody can get away from that. And if you aren't persuasive, 
then you're at the mercy of everyone else's whims around you all the time. So you are an amateur art agent who convinced an artist that his paintings were worth a lot and they deserve to be bought, withholding the truth that you're terrible at sales and you have no idea how to sell things. That's it. Makes me look really bad. <laughs> Colleen needs to be a better persuader. And to help us understand the world of sales, I need a salesperson. But not any old salesperson, clutching a binder of dusty drapery samples. No, I want the living incarnation of the archetypical salesperson. Loman Drilling. This is Loman Drilling? Yes, it is. We're trying to call Will Loman to talk about death of a salesman. I was wondering if there's anyone named Will there. You're, you're calling him for what now? I'm calling because who better to give sales advice than a real-life Willie Loman, the titular dead salesman from the famous 1949 play, Death of a Salesman. Like this Willie Loman from Indiana. I don't know how much help I can be. I, I have the name, but... Uh... Never saw the movie and uh, never saw the play. I, I, I know he's kind of a sad sack. I believe he dies, doesn't he? I think that's right. <laughs> for this woman, Colleen, do you have any advice for her? Oh, man. Maybe persuasion is about getting a point of view across that the other person hasn't seen, whether that's positive or negative. That sounds pretty powerful. Well, on the fly here, I think it's about the best I can do. And where are we reaching you? Where are you right now? Well, I'm, I'm actually driving my truck right now. I'm driving a semi. You're driving a semi truck? Yeah. Could you do me a favor? Could you pull the horn? <laughs> well, I got a couple of people driving by me here. Just hang on. I don't want to scare them. Okay. All right. Hang on. <laughs> hear it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Will, we just persuaded you to do something. <laughs> yeah, you, you did, but it, didn't, it wasn't very hard. We also called people who played Willie Loman, like Charlie Robinson, who donned the tweed jacket and briefcase in 2013. Here's the thing. I, really, usually people that sell and are really good salespeople, it's something about them that, unfortunately, you know, you really don't want to know them because, I mean, you know, let's, let's be honest. They're tricky. They're just tricky. That's the problem that Willie Loman had. Charlie, I want to take a step back here. Um, what was it like when you got the part of Willie Loman? I learned so much about myself after getting that part. And you know what it is, is that you do it for four weeks. It may seem as though it is being repeated. But truth be told is that every night you learn something through repetition. Every night you learn something through repetition, through repetition. Through Sorry, repetition, I think my computer's broken. Hold on. There we go. It's a wonderful study. And here's Daryl Mullins, who wowed crowds with his performance in the Community Players of Salisbury production. I did that play back in February, I think, in just a little local community theater production. I thought, where are these guys finding me? You know. I was just wondering, what are the secrets to selling someone something? Ah. Uh, <laughs> well, um, it, it's interesting that you should ask me that question because... Um, 
when I'm not dabbling in amateur community theater, I am uh, a professor of communication at a local university, and one of the courses I teach is persuasion. It's very funny, isn't it? Uh, so I, I can sort of answer that question from a couple of different perspectives. Whenever I teach that course, I, I start with Aristotle, you know, who's considered kind of the, the, the great-great-granddaddy of, of human persuasion. And he said there were three building blocks of persuasion. There's um, ethos, which is appealing to your own reputation and image. There's pathos, appealing to the emotions of the audience. And then there's logos, which is appealing to the logic, you know, why it makes sense to buy whatever it is you're selling. If Willie Loman was here, what advice do you think he would give Colleen? Um, he, he would say, I think, make sure you get to know the person that you're trying to sell to and convince them that you are their friend. You know, I, I know what your life is like because I've lived it too. I think we need to start with something hands-on for Colleen. You know, start building those persuasion muscles, and ideally without doing any actual selling. Me and Rob and our associate producer Jess Shane are sitting on a stoop outside the CBC building. We have something very special on the way. I'm really excited. So excited that we got here 40 minutes early. But that's given us plenty of time for Jess to fill us in about her dad's anti-hair loss treatment. Does, does it require needles? You should get that, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, I should. And then, after another 20 minutes, it arrives. Oh, there he is. Yes, ice cream. Yes. Oh, he's, he's driving past us. The ice cream truck is driving past us. Uh, Maybe he needs to turn around. No, he's, he's turning right. The full-service ice cream truck we rented finally pulls up onto the sidewalk, inconveniencing downtown pedestrians. But it is so worth it. I've never been in an ice cream truck before. Our man Costas gives us a tour. Dip, Sunday sauces. But this truck is missing one thing. So what, you're, you, you disconnected the music? No, it broke. No way. Road. When did it break? Uh, like three months ago. I went over a speed bump a little bit too fast and disconnected the music. What's an ice cream truck without music, man? <laughs> just, just a truck. In the midst of all the important food handling training we're receiving, we remember that Colleen is here. She's the guest from this episode. We've been thinking a lot about how to help you with sales. Yeah. And I think we found the perfect solution. Okay. And it's waiting for you just around this corner. Ice cream. Nobody's in a bad mood when they're buying ice cream. And today, the ice cream is all free. I feel ready. Free ice cream. Nobody can get mad at me for that, right? But Colleen's mission today is to convince people not to take the ice cream so she can practice her persuasiveness without having to sell. In fact, it's like the exact opposite of a sale. That's much harder. But to help lessen the blow of this bad news, I explain it to her while eating an ice cream cone. I don't know when someone goes, you know what, never mind. A win is if someone says, you know what, never mind. You okay. want them to not want that cone, walk away empty handed. Okay, I have some ideas. All right, are we ready to get started? Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, let the free ice cream begin. Open for business, open her up. So you're here for the ice cream? Yes, please, chocolate. Okay, I'm really sick, I have to warn you. I have a really bad cold, so I'll try not to breathe on your ice cream. Okay. This is not good ice cream. It's ice cream, yes. But this is like nostalgia purposes. Because of the truck? Yeah. But it didn't even play the song. That's right? true. 
I personally wouldn't eat it. I like I just had lunch myself and I don't think you need ice cream on top of it. Don't say that though. Because then you don't want to eat it? Now, yeah, because now none of us want to eat it. I know, but I just I have to be honest with you. I can't let you yeah. just eat ice cream when I don't think you should be eating it. So No, I'm good. Alright. The lineup outside the truck is now about 20 people deep. So Colleen really cranks up her anti-cone rhetoric. I'm not sure you're gonna want this. It's gonna be like you had a beer with lunch. You're gonna feel so tired in like half an hour. That's okay, thank you. You too? Yeah, Did you have lunch? Your job is to convince people not to take it and people look really upset leaving with their ice cream. You're doing great. Yeah, people are mad, but she hasn't really dissuaded anyone. Colleen has one final ace up her sticky, soft-serve, soaked sleeve. Where did you get those glasses? Uh, around the corner. They're oh. really nice glasses. Thank you. They make your face look really nice. Thank you. Yeah. You look, You and I look like we could be related. Do you find them? Maybe. A little bit. I think she's stalling. She's stalling. So she's just asking a bunch of questions. It's an ice cream filibuster. She's drinking an ice cream filibuster. Well, you know, even though we're not related, we could probably still be friends. So why don't you give me your number? Sure. And then we could hang out sometime. Sure. But you're going to have to do that before I give you the ice cream. Oh, all right. Uh, here, you can write on this. Your name, your phone number, your email, your postal code. Postal code. Postal code. You can all get ready because you all need to give me the same thing. And I'm probably going to call you at home. So she has everyone in line write down their personal info before they can get a cone. And one lady. One lady is like, nah, no thanks, and walks off. But except for her, everyone walked away from that truck with free ice cream. But I'm sure she learned an important lesson from the activity. It was hard, really hard. Okay, well, at least we all had fun. It was emotionally draining, really emotionally draining. And I felt shitty. Oh, never mind. After this, I'm not ready to sell. Not, not confident enough in my selling ability. It was a bad activity. I'm sorry. It was not a good activity. So maybe instead of avoiding selling, we need to master selling, really embrace sales culture. I'm thinking one of those massive conferences where a man with a headset yells at you over and over and over again until somehow you're inspired. But I Googled it and those things are like 10,000 bucks a ticket. So we can't afford that. But do you know who doesn't have to pay for a sales seminar? That guy in a headset running that sales seminar. That's why I'm introducing... The Power of You, a sales workshop for the new millennium. Are you interested in improving your sales? Are you interested in success? What would you do to make the sale? Is it enough? In this workshop, we believe that everything you need is already inside of you. I'm hosting a free sales conference, and I just read you the poster. I've put them up all over the CBC building. You know, I got in trouble for that poster. What happened? Our boss confronted me about it on Friday after you left for the day. <gasps> what happened? You always do this. You push me to do stupid things and then I'm the one who gets in shift for it. Fortunately, the power of you is a movement that cannot be stopped by Andrew's pathological fear of authority figures. 
Now I just sit back and wait for the city's most tenacious sales folk to show up. And I hope they do, because I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm in the largest conference room at the CBC, with the smallest crowd I've ever seen. Six people. Uh, so to make this more legit, I've hooked my laptop up to a projector, and I've made this image that says, The Power of You, and it's got a picture of Rob on it, and it's an old headshot where he's wearing this white-colored shirt. It's a real conversation starter here in the crowd. This might be a cult. Are you guys trying to bring us into a cult? This is like gentle smile and his like demeanor. I know it looks bad, but we're not. Yeah, Of course not. Now, all hail the one true leader. Okay, folks, let's get stuff started. Okay, let's get it started in here. Massive round of applause for Rob Norman. How many people here work in sales or convincing someone on a daily basis? Most people, everyone. I believe very, very deeply that everything that you need to know about sales, you already know. Everyone in this room already has the answer to making that sale, which I'm hoping is true. Colleen needs practical, useful information. And what could be more useful than the oldest sales lesson in the book? And that book just happens to be the film, The Wolf of Wall Street. Do you know that scene where Leonardo DiCaprio makes a crowd of people sell everyone a pen? Well, we're doing it with pencils. Um, You'll have a minute and a half to convince your partner that they need this pencil. On your marks, get set, go. Watching real sales folk in action is incredible. Some use arguments. So what I have here for you is a pencil that has an amazing eraser. I personally love having a pencil and a notebook so I can write down all my thoughts exactly when I have them. No worries, I'll find the sharpener. That's not an issue. Some lean on their reputations. See, me, I've been in the pencil industry for about 20 years now. I have extensive knowledge in terms of um, pencils. Others take a more dramatic approach. Yeah, you told them to do that. I was helping. One of my favorite quotes is from the philosopher William of Ockham, who invented Ockham's razor. And he said to his king, protect me with your sword, and I will protect you with my pen. I also had them break into some small groups. So um, I'm going to give you some sales situations. Then I gave them a theoretical case study. Okay, so our scenario is Colleen is selling her brother-in-law's artwork. Uh, There's a local coffee shop who might display his work. What is Colleen's best approach? And um, we discussed it and we realized that it has to be painted as a mutual um, benefit for both parties. First of all, I would say... What is she not doing correctly? You know, what what are your tactics? I think she could actually have a very good uh, sell. I think she has everything that she needs. I also implemented a strategy teachers have used for centuries when they've forgotten their lesson plan or they're hungover. It's called the Socratic method. The teacher asks a question and students discover truths by contemplating the answer. Or in my case, recording the answers and then passing off their insight as my own. I throw out a few sales terms to get the conversation started. Closing, what does that term mean? Asking that final question, leading towards getting that yes, basically yes. is the close. What about qualifying? Uh, qualifying basically is just figure out if the person actually needs your product. And the most important of them all, the objection. Objections. The way I think of it is just, um, you know, 
the, the, the prospect is trying to buy something and whenever they, they are at the point of buying, they get that feeling of, oh, this might be the wrong decision of people might laugh at me or might make a mistake. And, you know, they say something like, I'm not interested or I'm going to think about it or whatever. They just, that smoke screen to get you to leave. You have to go through several different objections and you have to overcome at least three objections to find the real reason. And typically the fear is, can they afford this? Are they adventurous enough to take on this product or event that they're going to. That's Jackie. She's a sales manager. She is really holding up her end of the Socratic dialogue. Uh huh. I would think back like eight years ago, like the first time somebody said no, like that hurts. The first time somebody said, call me back, and then they didn't pick up, that hurts. But it's a muscle. So whether or not this person might say no to you, it's okay, because you kept training yourself for the next person. And with that, Rob darts out into the night but not without first trying out a cool new slogan for future speaking engagements. Who has the power? You do. I'm Rob Norman. Good night, everyone. Shouldn't you have had them say, we do? Because right now they're saying, you have the power. It was on the fly. I wasn't thinking it through. They should have said, I have the power. No, it's plural you. You, society, has the power. We have another thing to help Colleen. Remember Daryl, the dude who played Willie Loman, who also happened to be a professor of communications? He talked about Aristotle's three modes of persuasion. Logos, pathos, and ethos, which is leveraging the credibility of the seller. And that's where we want to help. Colleen's never sold art. She has no reputation to leverage. Until now. We have a surprise gift for her. It says international art sales. And that's my real phone number and email address. It says Toronto, London, Lyon, Cape Town, and Malmo. This is your new business card. All right. We went ahead and deputized ourselves as her assistant art dealers. On her behalf, we made some international art deals. Yeah, we had her brother-in-law. His name is Cataldo, by the way. We had him create a half dozen cue card-sized paintings. So we have all these three-by-five-inch mini paintings and envelopes and a whole lot of postage. Then with the help of our listeners, we distributed the Cataldo originals across the globe. Hi, I'm Dida. I'm from Denmark. I'm here in Dublin. I'm David Lagrange from Cape Town. I'm Olivia from Newcastle, Australia. And I'm Lyon, France. And I just got my Cataldo painting. And I just got my original Cataldo painting. It's in a CBC envelope, very official. Oh, Ooh. oh this is pretty cool. It's a little smaller than I thought. Um, the title of the art is actually kind of hard to read, so I'm not sure if it says the power of you or the lower of you. All right. Well, this is exciting. Congratulations on becoming an international art dealer. I have an envelope for Colleen as well. Seven dollars. And five, six, seven, eight cents. To make these deals real, we had each person who received a painting PayPal us one dollar. That is your earnings from your international art sales. <laughs> wow. Now she has an actual business card she can leave with these coffee shops when she's trying to get her brother-in-law's art up. But that feels a little silly. You're embarrassed to use them? Maybe a little bit, yeah. Because it's it's not true, right? Like, no, it is true. It is true because they are hanging in international cities now. So it's technically not a lie. 
So, yeah, I'm definitely not hearing the killer instinct, like the killer sales instinct. I'm thinking about Alec Baldwin in the scene from Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Coffee's for closers. Yeah, that one. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. You think I'm f***ing with you? I am not f***ing with you. I'm here from downtown. I'm here from Mitch and Murray. And I'm here on a mission of mercy. Your name's Levine? Yeah. You call yourself a salesman, you son of a bitch? I don't gotta listen to this shit. You certainly don't, pal. Because the good news is you're fired. The bad news is you've got all you've got just one week to regain your job, starting with tonight. That's the tenacity you need to make it in sales. And that's not Colleen. Right. This is Colleen. If I could sell one of his paintings, that would be... Like, I can't even imagine that happening. That's how big a deal that would be. favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it i'm francesca ramsey and i'm delon grant and after 20 years of friendship we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called let me fix it each episode we'll dig into our favorite celebrities shows and brands of yesteryear and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Colleen, an amateur international art dealer, needs to learn the craft of persuasion. We've hosted a sales conference, gave away free ice cream, and interviewed real Willie Lomans. Now I know you're thinking, if those thoughtful activities failed, then surely nothing can solve this impossible predicament we're all in. But allow me to quell your busy mind, dear listener, by assuring you, we have one last play. It's the middle of the day, and Colleen arrives at an unknown location. It's an industrial plaza. She's greeted by associate producer Jess Shane, who blindfolds her and whisks her up a flight of stairs. There's an outfit on a rack. A note invites her to put it on. I'm standing here with a blindfold on in a bathroom wearing a suit and a tie. I feel a little silly, but that's okay. It's the best-looking suit and jacket I could find at the very picked-over thrift store near my house. Colleen is then re-blindfolded and just walks her through a doorway. It's a 1950s office. There's a bunch of desks. There's a station for coffee and donuts. Standing in front of her is a man wearing a suit. Willie, Willie, welcome back. How was lunch? Here, let me get your blindfold off. Hey, you better sit behind your desk. Oh, Willie. Colleen, a bit confused, sits at her large wooden desk. There's a phone, a tabletop lamp, some pens. It's also got some awards and certificates. Top salesman, <laughs> 1977 to Willie Loman. Her co-worker Levine is in a tizzy. Oh, you will not believe what happened. I had someone on the hook. I almost sold five crates of nylons. Colleen is in the middle of a play. And yes, she's the titular character. 
Out of the corner of her eye, Colleen sees a slip of paper in her desk drawer. Legos pantyhose surplus, 100% nylon, five pairs for $25 or $7 each. She's interrupted by her very tall assistant. It's Andrew. Mr. Lohman, I just want to thank you so much for taking me on as your assistant. Let me get you a coffee. Sure, sure, sure. Every drama needs conflict. Enter me, the district manager. Put the coffee down. Coffee is for closers. No, I am not f***ing with you. I'm here from downtown, from Mitch and Murray. I'm here on a mission of mercy. Something to say, Hotshot? No. Nothing to say? No. You're fired. You're all fired. That's the good news. The bad news, you have one chance to get your jobs back. We're having a competition. First prize is a set of steak knives. Second prize, also a set of steak knives. Third prize, steak knives. We buy our prizes in bulk. Fourth prize is you're fired. These are your leads. Call them. Make the sale. Or call a cab and explain to your wife why you're fired. You have one hour, losers. <clears throat> oh, boy. So this is a mashup of Death of a Salesman and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. It's a customized, fully immersive simulation designed to distill years of high-pressure sales experience into one afternoon. She's got three leads, and they're not easy sells. Sir, let me know when you're ready to call your first lead. Okay, I guess I better jump right in. Hello, this is Carly. This is Colleen from Lego's Pantyhose Surplus. How are you doing today? Hi, good. I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. Yeah, I'm just uh, following up with you because I thought we had a really good conversation the other day and I wanted to know if you were interested in picking up some of those pantyhose I was telling you about. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm actually, I'm so sorry. I'm just like moving furniture in my house right now. This is just going to take a second. This is just going to take a second. I'm sorry. I don't actually wear nylon. I... But you must know somebody who does. You must have a partner or somebody who's going to be wearing nylons. Um, you know what? I really don't. I don't think so. Pantyhose are not really my style. I'm just very, I'm uh, apprehensive about trusting salespeople. You know, I've been burned in the past. You don't have to think of me as a salesperson. I thought that you and I kind of shared a kindred spirit about it. Well, you know what? I'll uh, think about it and I'll get back to you. Thank you for your time. I just don't think I'm going to go ahead with them today. I, I, I'm sorry. I got to go. Okay. Zero for three. Just then her colleague hangs up the phone. Yes! I made one sale. How did you do, Willie? I didn't get any. None? None. None. No sales? This ain't a charity. Collect your things and go. You're fired. Oh, oh. tough luck, Willie. I guess you better get your blindfold on and go home. <laughs> yeah. Blindfolded and fired, Colleen stumbles off into the darkness. Where am I going? Willie arrives at his Brooklyn apartment where his loving wife, Linda, waits for him. Willie! Oh, welcome home! Oh, come on in here, Willie. What happened? You didn't smash the car, did you? What happened at work today? I was trying to make sales. I didn't make any sales. I got fired. Oh, oh no, you can't continue like this. Tomorrow's a new day and you get a fresh start. Blindfold, darkness, and then... Willie, Willie, 
Welcome back. How was lunch? Here, let me get your blindfold off. Oh, there you are. Hey, you better get me. Colleen is trapped in a community theater play that loops over and over again. So we're doing Groundhog Day now too, okay. And like clockwork, here's the manager. Put the coffee down. Coffee is for closers. She tries to make some sales on the phone. I can tell you that nylons would be the perfect, perfect addition to your wardrobe. I don't know, I'll have to think about it. Gets fired. No surprise here. You're fired. What am I gonna tell my wife? And heads home. Willie, Willie, oh, welcome home. Oh, come on in here, Willie. Over. Willie, Willie. And over. Willie. And over. Willie, how was lunch? Here, let me get your blindfold off. Remember Charlie who played Willie Loman? He said each time he performed the role, he learned something new. So that's our plan. Colleen can't escape until she figures out how to make all three sales. Now, each repetition isn't exactly the same. Each new round, we plant little clues to help her along the way. Look at that board! Do you see anything promising up there? The empty corkboard suddenly now has cue cards up on it. Remember to convince them with logic. Remember your reputation. Remember to make it personal. That's right. A little Aristotle. Mr. Lohman, I just want to thank you so much for taking me on as your assistant. You know, when I come into the office, I like to start my day with a donut. You should go help yourself to a donut. Me? Uh, no thanks, I, I don't need a donut. You should have a donut, Mr. Lohman. Okay, all right. Oh, interesting. Make them feel like you've lived their life. Mr. Lohman, you know, you should check out the coffee maker. You know, whenever I'm down, I always need some coffee. Coffee? All right. Objections are like a smoke screen, a reason someone gives you for not making a sale. With every sale, you usually have to overcome three objections. Maybe they're afraid. Convince them to be adventurous. It's good coffee that you made. Colleen gets ready for another round of calls. At this point, she's been in the simulation for almost an hour. I'm exhausted. I can only imagine how she feels. Let's do Carly. Okay, let me just, let me just, re, re, let me think about what I'm gonna do here. I'm the top salesman. She's talking to the top salesman. Okay, let's try again. Carly, before I tell you about the deal, I just have to tell you, if you buy them from me today, you're being adventurous. You're doing something sort of out of the box. Oh, okay. And then you're gonna go out for brunch with your girlfriends and they're gonna be like, are you wearing nylon? <laughs> but they're gonna look at you and they're gonna be like, Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, that sounds really good. I think that's a sale. Great. Next up, Andrea. Andrea, uh, you know, I forgot to ask you, you know, like what kind of things, you know, are you into doing with your kids or maybe not with your kids when you've got some free time? I kind of just like to relax at home with my husband. We kind of watch a lot of Netflix. What are you watching right now? Uh, a little bit of Suits, but mostly I just finished Downton Abbey. I'm a huge fan. Oh, you've, you've seen it all? Yeah. That's awesome. It's my favorite show. Yeah. I, it killed me, though, at the beginning. I can't believe that they killed Lady Sybil off. That just, oh. that killed me. After a bit of banter about whether or not Lady Sybil's family should have heeded the warnings of the country doctor and gone to the hospital, it's time for Colleen to get down to brass tacks. I can get you five pairs for 25 bucks. That's not a deal that you're going to find online or in store. Yeah, well, I would definitely like to update my style, but 
I don't know, are pantyhose, like, they're not going to be great in the parks and stuff. Like, when I'm running around with my kids, I feel like they're going to tear. Yeah, I've never, ever torn them. No. Never torn them at the park. No. Really? Oh, yeah. I do it all the time. She wears them. Oh, really? Okay. Well, maybe I'll go ahead with that, actually. That's awesome, Andrea. Two sales. I knew you could do it, Mr. Woman. One more sale to go. She's been at these calls for a long time, but this isn't the Colleen we saw in the ice cream truck. Sad, worn-down Colleen. These missed sales have only made her hungrier. I want those steak knives. Hello? Hey, what are you wearing right now? Sorry, who's this? It's, it's Colleen. I'm just checking in on what you're wearing because I was wondering if your legs are hot. Her final customer is Andrew. Well, not the producer, Andrew. You should have just used another name for this guy because this is very confusing Other to the listeners. Other people are allowed to be named Andrew, Andrew. And secondary Andrew is a man with no time for pantyhose. Kids are doing it. Teenagers are doing it. Adults are doing it. They're wearing pantyhose under their pants. But tell me what you're afraid of. What, what, what are you really afraid of? What's holding you back here? Uh, I'll tell you what. You said one for $7? I can send you one for $7, yeah. Why don't I... <laughs> Take the risk and try out one pair for $7. You are not going to regret this. Okay, thank you. All right, bye, Andrew. Just then, Willie Loman's wife, Linda Burston. I just got off the phone with Mr. Blake. All three sales, Willie. I knew you had it in you. He is the man of the hour. Yeah. Speech, speech. I worked my ass off to get those sales, and I feel... I feel great. I feel like I could sell pantyhose to anybody right now. Anybody who walked in here who needed pantyhose, I would sell them those pantyhose. And I did it. You did it. Yeah. Yes! She's gone from expecting a no to believing that she's worth a yes. But who knows if that'll hold up outside the confines of a Glen Gary, Glen Ross, Death of a Salesman, Groundhog Day, Infinity Loop Community Theater play. So Colleen has a week to complete her final test in the real world. But it won't be easy. She'll need a strategy, killer instinct, confidence. So I went on Monday and the paintings are currently hanging. Oh. That was really fast. Yeah, that was very quick. Very quick, yeah. 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 That's great. It happened, yeah. They're hanging right now at a cafe in my neighborhood. Basically, she just forced herself to go to this cafe. And I was really nervous, and I was, like, walking over there, and I was, like, I was doing the whole, like, imagining him saying yes thing, and I was, like, visualizing success for real. I had already played out how the conversation was going to go. I had some techniques in my back pocket I was going to use if I had objections. But she showed up and was like, hey, do you want to change the art on your walls? She shows the owner her brother-in-law's paintings, and the owner dude is like, yeah, sure, I'll put it up. After I did it, after he said yes and I sat down, I picked up my phone. I had a text from my husband that said, don't chicken out. That was all it said. And I was like, I didn't chicken out. That would be the larger change, is I feel braver now. I just feel braver. She found the courage to say to herself, I'm not being a bother. I'm valuable. I'm worth something. I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, Because I think this level of bravery that I had to summon from the depths was like a normal person's level of bravery. But I wasn't afraid of the possibility that I might hear no. Colleen, are you a closer? Yes, I am a closer. Yeah. 
I definitely closed it. In that case, we have something for you. It's a set of steak knives. <laughs> Thank you. That means that I, I'm not going to lose my job. No. You deserve it. Mm-hmm. I'm Rob Norman, and you just heard a podcast called Personal Best. Andrew Norton produces the show. Jess Shane is our associate producer. And may we all find something in our lives that we enjoy as much as Jess enjoys free soft serve. This is amazing ice cream. That sounds so authentic, Jess. I can't... You're, you're, no, it's true. Is that how you actually react to things in your life? I haven't had soft serve in years. Our incredible music is by the incredible Breakmaster Cylinder. We received production help this episode from Luke Williams, Cecil Fernandez, and Chris Chang-Yen Phillips. Arif Narani is the executive producer of CBC Podcasts. Special thanks to Lisa Merchant and Ed Sahaley, who are featured in our selling loop, and our hosiery buyers, Andrea Marston, Carly Thorne, and secondary Andrew, Andrew Bushell. Also, big thanks to our international art buyers. Oh, all right. Um, maybe I'm just not that into art, but it is pretty cool. Love you guys. Got something you want to improve about yourself? Come on our show. Email us at thepowerofyou at cbc.ca. That goes to Jess Shane's email. Yep. You can also follow us and connect with us on Twitter at PersonalBestCBC. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast app. Our website is cbc.ca slash personalbest. We're going to update it real soon. Personal Best is a CBC podcast. And if you're looking for other CBC podcasts, last year one of my favorite podcasts was Uncover Escaping Nexium, a podcast that explores what it's like to escape a celebrity sex cult. Well, Uncover is back with a new season about a series of murders that happened in Toronto's gay village and spanned over decades. Subscribe to Uncover The Village wherever you get your other favorite podcasts. leaving right <laughs> <laughs> you just decided the interview is over I don't, I, I don't know i felt like it was that's why i put my scarf on is it actually over yeah yeah you should leave yeah 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 <laughs> for more cbc original podcasts go to cbc.ca slash original podcasts